do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Here we go. My name's Todd. This is Kathy. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 688. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. And always remember our motto, which is the best predictor of a child's well-being, is a parent's self-understanding. On today's show, here's my tease. You ready? Let's hear it. Uh, oh, you didn't put any title. You tease it. Eight things. What? Eight something. It's got something to do with eight. Eight ways. Let's let's think about it. Let's think of the right words. Eight ways to get through December. Eight ways to make December great. Eight ways to manage December. What's what do we look? What what's, to get through seems like that's negative. Negative. Um, eight ways to make the holiday season super terrific. No, see that's the <clears> thing. Is it becomes. Oh, I'm sticking with super terrific until you come up with something better. Um, how about just um, eight ways to handle December? Eh, eight ways to negative Nelly, <laughs> sweetie, super terrific. <laughs> but you know, how about eight ways to make December great? Uh, great is my English teacher back from the old days would say great is a very weak descriptive true, word. True, super true. terrific. That is a super terrific So you point. want it to be eight ways to make December super terrific? Boom. Drop the mic. All right. Whatever. <laughs> it's cheesy, but it's so cheesy, it's good. Okay. Are you with me? Okay. I'm in. Um, I should probably close my email so you guys don't hear any notifications come in. Um, <clears throat> a few things. Uh, we have some podcasts coming up between now and the end of the holiday season. Next Tuesday, we're going to uh, share a pop culturing episode that we recorded uh, two years ago, something like that. And it is about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Yeah. He has a very shiny nose. That's what I heard. So it's not going to be like the super terrific content that we give to you regarding it's going to be super how to terrific. be the best parent you could be. It's going to be Kathy's and my take on Rudolph. But from a parenting perspective. From a parenting because perspective. Because there's a lot of, uh, of lacking of parental guidance in Rudolph. In Rudolph. Yeah. Some poor choices from the, our dear Santa and from Donner and from um, other other people in the mix. And who's the monster guy you like in that? The Abominable. Is that what he's called? Bumble. Bumble. Mm-hmm. So his name is Bumble, but he's the Abominable. Uh-huh. Got it. I didn't know that. So yeah. he's got a name and then what he is. Yeah. they Because Bumbles bounce. They do. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> When they go over the, the hill, the, the, hoof. Go, the, the, the hoof. No, that's good, fellas. Yes, it is. Um, no, when they go, when he went over the mountain, not the mountain. What am I trying to say? Went into the cliff. valley. <laughs> All right. He went, he, I keep saying he went over the mountain, but that's not what he did. In into the valley, is that right? He just fell off the cliff. He fell off the cliff. Thank you. Very good. How's that, how's that brain working for you this I morning? I don't know. Or this afternoon? There's a reason I'm doing eight ways to make December super terrific because... <laughs> I'm so glad that's what we're calling it. I'm struggling. With, to make it super terrific? Yes. Yes. Well, what, that's what we're here for. Okay. That's what I'm here for, sweetie. Okay. Uh, all right. Um, real quick. Yes. Um, Todd and Kathy are going to launch a app. On January 10th. Team Zen app. The Team Zen app. Oh, we've been working on it for so many years. And um, you're going to hear more from us about it, but it is a one-stop shop for all of the exclusive content that you get when you join Team Zen. Yeah, so it's Team Zen exclusive content, but it also has like other thing like doesn't it have pop culturing on the it's got, it's got everything it's got everything on it it's but the only way to get access to it is if you join team zen and it's a way to build community talk to other team zen members find easy resources find resources um exclusive um you know somebody will somebody asks us a question about um there's she's feeling disconnected from her 13 year old son or mm -hmm. something like that and you and I just gave a quick nine-minute blurb. And just put it out there. And just put it out and there. And that'll be on the app now. So, but what we're going to do to launch this app, because you kind of need a reason to be like, why should I Why should I venture into this? Um, it, we are going to do an exclusive podcast, a few of them, that are very focused on the questions that people ask us about couplehood, about uh, managing conflict. They're very, they're more intensive um, 
podcast. And so we're, we took time with it and then we're going to put it up on the team Zen app. And, um, so that's kind of our, that's kind of our hope that you'll join team Zen and see what it's like. And then you also, that's where all of the previous team Zen Talks podcasts are. So it's like a whole different podcast app. Like it's, it's a one stop shop. Yeah. That's all we have to say. And I'm just going to go out and say, if anybody signs up for team Zen in December, I'm going to, I'm going to send them a shirt. As long as you're in the continental United States. Before we even launch, Before we officially launch. um, And, you know, Team Zen members will get some early access, but the official launch is January 10th. If you sign up in December, I'm going to send you a shirt, as long as you're in the 48 states. And if you're already on Team Zen, which so many of you are, you'll be getting all this information very soon. And you'll also be getting the Team Zen swag. Yeah. And access to all of this before everybody else does. So good on you. So eight ways to make your holidays super terrific. Are you ready? Well, yes, I'm ready. Okay. So number one, um, (laughs) thanks for that. Okay. Number one, set boundaries. All right. That is a big topic. So, you know, there's something that happens in December where we lose all of our boundaries and we're like, I have to go here and I have to go there. I have a prediction. What? Because when we're around family, we regress to our inner younger child who thinks that he or she can't set up boundaries. Even though I forget I'm a 50-year-old man, I still feel like a seven-year-old boy. Yeah, I think there's a lot of truth in that. And I think that we, yeah, we just defer. There's usually someone in the family or a few people in the family who tend to make all the decisions. And all of us kind of defer to that. And we never question the fact that we're deferring. We're just like, that's what we do. Now, in no way am I saying pull that power back and take it for yourself and don't do what they say. That's not what it is. It's just the idea that as adults, we can, there may be someone who is like more in charge of like setting the framework Mm -hmm. for, you know, the holidays. And I think a birth order sometimes comes into play too. It does Not always, but usually the oldest one is the one who's in charge and may, sometimes, sometimes it's, the, it's the parent, you know, the sure. grandparent, you know, like it just depends. Yeah. Or we got to like adjust everything because grandma was born in 1935. Right. And uh, I love grandma from 1935, but can we also be here in 2022? So that example, what do you mean by that? Um, we have a gay daughter, right? Okay. So, um, we in, and I'm making this up. I was going to say. Let's say we not... had. A, this is hypothetical. Okay. Let's say we had a grandparent who doesn't agree with that lifestyle. All of a sudden, we have to tiptoe around that our daughter's bringing her girlfriend home for Christmas. Oh, okay. I mean, more like deciding what to do. I guess. I mean, I guess that works. Yeah. Um, but I thought you meant like we have to. Okay. Doesn't matter. But yeah. it it's still because that actually is going to come later. Oh, okay. Those kind of things. Yeah. By the way, I have not read this list yet. Right. So <laughs> that's why I was confused by where you're going. So, but it doesn't matter because it's still about boundaries mm-hmm. and about having. Because I kind of feel like the holidays can become more enjoyable for everybody if everybody feels like they have a little bit of a say. Yeah. Not to be controlling or say, like I said, you know, no, we're going to do it. It's our turn. And be, it's not that. It's saying if everyone's like, it starts at two and you have to be here at two, but that doesn't work for you because your kid has something or there's a nap schedule or there's to say, hey, you guys can go ahead and start at two. We'll be there at three because of our schedule. Or do you want to wait till three or would you guys like to get started? Like, I don't feel like we have to have everyone cater to each other. You know, like this isn't a game about who do we care about most and who's most powerful. It's really about making sure our voice is heard. And this takes a lot of practice. Like those of you who are new parents who are adjusting to these, you know, possibly new family schedules and expectations, especially having grandchildren, it takes a lot of practice. I mean, like I, a lot of memories, Todd, that I have of birthday parties, of vacations, of things where we, the grandparents hadn't quite adjusted. I hadn't adjusted to having other people be involved with it. It was just, I remember we had lots of conversation and that was when, you know, everybody was living then, all of our parents. And so there was a lot of like, and your parents were divorced. So we need to go here. We need to go there. It was a mess. It was, uh, you know, there was a lot of where we were kind of like felt more at the mercy of other people versus we were pretty good about nap schedules and such. We'd say, here's what we're going to do. And I think I love my mom who passed away seven years ago, but I'm guessing she judged our um, dedication to 
our daughters sleeping when they mm-hmm. were infants. Yeah. Well, and I think... Uh, like, I remember my mom saying a bunch of times, like, just throw them in a corner at the party. And they'll fall asleep, right? <laughs> they'll fall asleep. And, and you know what? That's the thing that's difficult is because now in hindsight, it's like, yeah, throw them in a corner at a party. Like, meaning like now that I've grown kids, it just doesn't seem that crazy to say. Mm-hmm. But at the time, what's most important is what you need to feel comfortable. Well, what I will say is that there's a lot of times... Early on in our marriage, I would always default to right. my dad, my mom, your parents, and I would forget, like, what do I want to create right. for this new family that we've created since you and I got married and we have a child? And what makes us feel most comfortable? Like, I think the part that can make December not super terrific is <laughs> that it we feel out of control. Like, we feel like, wow, we're at the mercy of everybody else. We are running around, schlepping kids around. We're making everybody else feel happy. And we don't have, we feel out of control. And so I just feel like our ability to utilize our skills of self-awareness, of boundaries, and of also being compassionate and understanding toward other family members. Like there, you know, like I'll just give one example that's way, way long ago. But like when Todd and I got married, my grandmother really couldn't travel anymore. Yeah, and on so your way? We, <laughs> and she would call at random times <laughs> and ask us if we we're on our way, which meant are we, are we leaving now for two and a half hour drive on a random Tuesday afternoon? Yeah. And so we made a decision to get married in Galena. We had a lot of other reasons because we loved it there. We had history there. My mom and my aunt grew up there. So we loved, you know, that wasn't a problem, but that was a part of it sure. is she couldn't be there yeah. unless. So sometimes we do things like that because it makes the most sense, but that didn't feel out of control because it fit our narrative of who we were too. You know what I mean? Um, But I also, I just think that, again, our ability to have some voice, I think allows us to feel more um, grounded rather than at the mercy of other people. And people can say, well, we're going to start at one, but if you can't be there till two, you can be at peace with it. You know what I mean? Like there is, I think sometimes family members will coax us into like, this is making things difficult. And as long as we give them the freedom to do what they need to do, start the party, you know, do whatever, we just show up. And usually by the time we get there, everyone's happy we're there anyway. We had a little bit of this uh, in our last Thanksgiving. We all go to my brother's, which is out in Seattle. Mm -hmm. And there's one of those mornings where everybody's going in different directions. And usually we would all go to a movie together. Mm -hmm. And this year... Um, oh, and there was supposed to be a hike and my brother's like, I'm leaving. So he bailed Mm -hmm. with cat, with his wife. And then I'm like, well, uh, I guess you and I are going to go to a movie. And then all of a sudden, like we all did our different things, but we all ended up together and we all ended up together. So I guess my, for me, I sometimes like, no, we can't do anything until we're all moving in the same direction. And that's hard. And there's no freedom for factions. Yeah. And the thing is, is I kind of feel like factions can allow people again to feel more like they're making choices that feel good. Because what is the point of, you know, super terrific December? The point is, is that it's supposed to have like some Christmas spirit in it or holiday spirit or just time of the season. Like regardless of what you celebrate, there's just this connective spirit of this time. And if we can make that a reality rather than pretending. Okay. I'm just glad that you're using super terrific. Well, we're going to use it. Let's use it. Uh, number two. Hold on, sweetie. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So this one, I wrote decrease conflict, but I decided to use something that has been talked about. Um, it was actually something that on Glennon and Abby and Amanda's podcast, they talked about for the past two years in regards to stop being surprised by Mm. the way family reacts to things, or that's kind of what you were saying before about how like sometimes we, we go into a family situation and we, it's like, we've never, it's like we're frustrated that a family member is being themselves as if it's new to us. Um, and then we get all worked up about it. Like, I can't believe on this holiday, they would do this when they've done this, this holiday for 55 years. Yeah. So like an example, and for some reason I'm thinking about grandparents right now, like let's pretend I had a racist grandfather, right? which, you know, my grandfather died when he was five or six, when I was five or six. So I'm just totally making this up. And then to think that he's been showing up at Christmas every year for X for the first 12 years of my life or the odds of him showing up as anything other than who he is, 
is a recipe for suffering. Well, and I think that this gets, because you had to make racism the thing, this gets a little, that gets a little more dicey because then the question is, how do we talk about this? Because, and I think this is something we've, we've had to do with family before where we've had to say things like this doesn't, that's not okay here. Or um, let me ask a question. Why did you say it that way? Or, you know, like, I think that this, because when I say decrease conflict and, you know, don't be surprised about the people, it doesn't mean let everything fly. You still need to have some understanding of what your boundary is. This goes back to number one. Um, And I think if you do the work ahead of time, meaning you think about, not think about a good, you know, zinger to throw back at them to make them feel bad, but like have your boundary in mind. So how about we downshift this and say you have a brother who's always 90 minutes late for any family Much easier because the other one is intense. Yeah, a little too intense. Mm -hmm. So the odds of like, yeah, um, God. Can you believe he's late again? Let's pretend you had a brother. What are you going to name your brother, sweetie? Uh, um, Rocco. Rocco. Mm -hmm. Rocco. Mm Mm-hmm. Food was at two o'clock, right? And you showed up at three fifteen. Like, how dare you? Yeah, and be like, of course he's going to show up at three fifteen. Right, he always shows up at three fifteen. And that's the thing is, there's two ways we can do that thing with Rocco. Right. Either number one, let's shame him and make him feel awful about it, and like roll our eyes at him and kind of go into child, or we can be like, you know, save a little bit for Rocco because you know he's going to be late. Or you could tell Rocco that lunch is at uh, dinner is at twelve forty five. Could play with that as play well. play with that time thing that sometimes works but sometimes doesn't. And then let's like take it off of other people and let's talk about our family. Like let's not be surprised surprised when our kids are exhausted. Mm. Like the holidays are a lot for them. Let's not be surprised if they're a little more like uptight or, or like, you know, whiny or, um, they don't want to see certain people or, you know, like, I think we're, we kind of look at our kids and we're like, don't you understand it's the holiday season? You need to be happy all the time, but let's not be surprised when our kids feel like they're tired of going from house to house to house. And sometimes, um, Sorry, I keep harping on the grandparents thing, but sometimes (laughs) grandparents can be old and boring, Mm -hmm. right? Sure. Remember when we were little kids, like, oh, we're going to grandma, and sometimes it was great, and sometimes that wasn't. But here's the thing. Yeah. Probably one day you and I will be grandparents. Right. There's no way we're going to be old and boring, is there? No, because we're going to be so fun. Fun and amazing. I know. That's my plan. It's just unbelievable. I And that's the thing is I'm my, you know, is we've been watching our parents age and it's been difficult, but been a difficult season for Kathy over here. And, um, it's, you just think about how I watched them. My parents have to take care of their parents and how challenging that was and how they were exhausted from that. And now it's interesting to be that person. You just see how you become like, you know, and I, and I don't, in some ways I know parents like to joke with their kids, like, just wait, it's coming. Mm. You're going to take care of me. I don't, I think that's like not always that funny. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's just because of where I am, but that's hard. Like, <clears throat> you know, that it's taking care of being in this middle place of taking care of kids and taking care of your parents. It's not, it's, and I don't mean we have to be super serious about it. I just, it's like not really a joke. Right. <laughs> like it's, you know, there is a lot of, I think we just have to demonstrate like role model our own boundaries with that and how we care for each other and what our values are in our family. And then hope that continues yeah. as we become grandparents, Lord like it, as we become elderly and need support. But man, mortality, man, Todd, how did we go from being 38 starting this show to me now thinking about these things? I know. Like at 51. That's uh, what we sign up for. I know, babe. I know. So next one. Hold on. Oh, Oh, not that one. Not that one. (laughs) So this is kind of similar, but focus on what you can control. Control, control. You must earn control. Exactly. So like, what can you really control? Like you can control how you, your actions and you can also practice dealing with your thoughts. I don't like when people are like, control your thoughts, because that's impossible. But you can decide where you want to focus your thoughts. I, I I have been working really hard the last, I don't know, two, three months about noticing my thoughts and trying to make my thoughts more 
um, less worrisome and overwhelmed and trying to be more mindful and and practice gratitude and be present. And that is wonderful. And I think that's part of growth and life. Um, but it's also very exhausting. Like it's, it, you know, sometimes don't you just want to go on autopilot and just be like, can everything just be okay? Right. You know what I mean? And so, so sometimes in the holiday season, we have to realize that you know, I think there's a lot of grief around the holidays, for example. I oh, think yeah. we miss people that we love. I think there's a lot of feelings, a lot of nostalgia, and sometimes the nostalgia feels uncomfortable and painful. And, um, you know, we feel that loss. Uh, you know, I was listening to, and, and I think we'll end up doing a show on this podcast uh, later on. I just didn't feel like doing it today. But I've been listening to Anderson Cooper's podcast about grief, and I've only listened to two. But one of his discussions was with Stephen Colbert, and they were discussing grief because Anderson um, Cooper uh, lost his dad when he was 10, as did Stephen Colbert. And then Anderson Cooper lost his brother to suicide, and then his mom just passed away a few years ago. And if you guys know the story about Colbert, his uh, two brothers and his father were killed in a plane uh, accident, Eastern Airline flight, and when he was 10. So they both understand grief from a really... um, intense place. Okay. And they were talking about it. And something that, um, I found to be so true is every grief brings up all of your grief. Mm. So when somebody, they were talking about when somebody dies, like Anderson was talking about when his mother died, he was going through all of his mother's stuff and it brought up all of the stuff about his brother dying and it, because he was finding their stuff. He was finding his father's stuff and it, it, it was literal, like he was finding their belts and their clothes, but it also just grief feels like the grief you've had previously. It reminds you of something you have since you thought you have since let go of. And then it turns out you have not completely let it go. You have not fully process that grief because something happens and reminds you of a certain time and all of a sudden there's more grief. Yes. And and Todd, remember two weeks ago when I said that sometimes I change words, but it's not because you're wrong yeah. the way you said it. This is a time I'm going to do that just so it feels right to me. You've never let go of grief ever. Mm-hmm. Grief, I think, lives in us forever and we learn how to live with it. Yeah. I think the idea of healing grief um, is made up. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I think that's a concept that's a very American concept of we need to get over it. And I think what we do is we learn to integrate it into our daily lives. Yeah. So what that means is sometimes you've integrated it kind of like you put on a shirt under a sweater and you're like, okay, I'm used to wearing this shirt. Right. And then all of a sudden, then there's another shirt yeah. you have to put on and it start, you start to feel all the shirts again. You're right. like, I don't know if this is a great analogy, but I just feel like I, when I'm grieving, um, I feel all the griefs. They, sure. they just all pop back up. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that's something that we can't control those feelings. I have an idea. Yes, please. I'm going to share a sh- uh, something that you're going to be able to see. And it's one of my okay. favorite sheets when I coach guys okay. about what's in your cr- control. So you draw a line down the center of a piece of paper on the left are the things that Kathy's going to just bring a few up. And those are the things that are in your control. And on the right are things that are not in your control. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited about this list because the first thing it says, what is not in your control? My thoughts and my feelings. Thank you. Yeah. Because it's not in your control. But what is in your control- Sweetie, I'm in charge of not in your control. Sorry, sweetie. Yeah. I'll say what is in your control on the other side is believing or investigating my thoughts. And what's not in my control are my thoughts. What's in your control is feeling or suppressing my feelings. Right. You choose to either feel it or suppress it. Right. What's not in your control are the feelings themselves. Right. Um, what is in my control is how I respond to my emotions. What's not in my control is other people's emotions. What is in our control is how I respond to my thoughts and how I respond to my sensations. And what's not in my control is other people's thoughts or sensations. And what's what is in our control is how much action I take toward my goals. I don't. I'm not a goal person. Yeah, just yeah, just okay, find I'm a few that you through. like. Um, oh, here's one. What is in our control? How I take care of myself. And what's not in my control is how others choose to take care of themselves. Okay. Um, what is in our control? I like this. The time I choose to leave to get somewhere. 
Uh, what's not my control is rush hour traffic. Right. Um, okay. Uh, what Let's e- do one or two more. Okay. So two more. What is in my control? Eating well, exercise, medical support. What's not in my control is aging, illness, and death. Yes. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see. I'm going to do one more that maybe has to do a super terrific December. Um, um, okay. How about this? What is in my control is my own judgments toward myself. Um, and what's not in my control is other people's judgments of me. Right. So those are really good ones. And I love the differentiation. So thank you for bringing that up. Because If anybody wants to see that list, I'll put it in the notes. It'll be, there'll be, just click on it, just scroll down and you'll see, um, those invitations because where we get nuts or when we get anxious or upset, is when we're spending too much time in the wrong side of that piece of paper. I know. And that's the thing. That's kind of what I mean about like grief and, you know, practicing feeling our feelings and being in gratitude is when you are developing new neural pathways or trying to really, really mow a really solid neural pathway path. Like I've been working on these things for a long time, but it doesn't mean it's the path of least resistance. Like Mm -hmm. there's still some, some trees and branches and brush in the way where my autopilot way is a little bit, you know, easier in my brain. So it takes energy. And the thing is, is sometimes, and I, and I think Todd totally understands this now, but, um, you know, when as a parent, sometimes you can look at your day and be like, I was in the house the whole day. The kids can now put on their own shoes or feed themselves. But because of the discussion that I'm having with them or the things I'm thinking about or the things I'm planning at the end of the day, I'm still exhausted. So sometimes the process of noticing our thoughts, planning our lives and dealing with our feelings is what makes us tired. It's not about that we went for a 10 mile run and it's not that we checked everything off our list. Like we need energy to create new neural pathways too, you know? So I say that to my, oh, sorry, sweetie. I say that to my fellow introverts who feel like they sometimes feel tired and they'll look at their day and go, well, I got these three things done. It's not always introversion, more like uh, sensitive people. Um, Because that's how I experience things. Like, Todd will sometimes have a list of things he got done and I did one thing and I'm really tired. (laughs) Right, Todd? Yes, absolutely. Yes. You ready for the next one? What's another super terrific way to experience the holidays? Say no. You know, like I think we've narrowed down our holiday get togethers or parties to like two or three. Mm. That's it. And they're very specialized. They're very like this and this and then this and that's it. Like there's, I don't feel the need to do 80 things and I don't. So when you're saying no, I mean, I know it's much bigger than this, but where your brain instantly went is the chaos and busyness of the potential of the holiday season. It's, we complain about it, yet we said yes to all of these invitations. Correct. And sometimes we're the ones who created it. Like sometimes we're like, well, then I have to host this and then I have to have this party and then I have to be. Okay, Todd, we could have totally used this when the kids were younger. It would have been a way to entertain them in the car or maybe wind them down before bed. It's this streaming service called Pinna. Pinna is an audio streaming service just for kids that includes tons of podcasts, audiobooks, and more for ages 3 to 12. They offer some well-known stories and so many original podcasts and audiobooks, which kids are really enjoying. Plus, Pinna is a game changer for daily card trips, to and from school, and for weekend getaways. Not only will parents love listening, but the kids will beg to turn on Pinna the second they step in the car. It's a routine they can look forward to and makes car rides more enjoyable for the whole family. Pinna is offering our listeners one year of Pinna for 50% off. Just head to Pinna. Dot fm slash promo to sign up and use the coupon code ZPR at checkout. That's Pinna, P-I-N-N-A dot F-M slash promo. Now on with the show. 
yes to all of these invitations. Correct. And sometimes we're the ones who created it. Like sometimes we're like, well, then I have to host this and then I have to have this party and then I have to bake these cookies. And it's like, you don't have to do any of that. Like, where did that come? You know, you could probably, all of us could probably hone through our list of things we do in December and pull one eighth of them out at least. And things would still be wonderfully super terrific. So, you know, I think sometimes we think busyness equals a good December. Yeah. And really sometimes because December has its own feelings and challenges and energy, um, it's really a quieter time. I mean, this is when the bears start to go into their little caves. Bears. And this is our squirrels. Like Todd throws out squirrel feed in the morning. Yeah. And our squirrels are, you know, there's not as many. Well, and they kind of boss the birds around as it turns out. They just go after those peanuts. But there's, when I say there's not as many, like, I don't know, do they hibernate? Do squirrels hibernate? Sort of. I mean, not like uh, bears. And I don't even think bears technically hibernate from the beginning of the cold winter spell to the spring. Oh, okay. I think they do wake up a bit, but they're just a little out of it. Let's I feel say like that. as kids, we learned hibernation in a very cut and dry black and white way. Yeah. Like bears hibernate. Yeah. I think they have Period. a version of hibernating and maybe some do actually hibernate for the entire winter, but I don't think so. But no, any bear experts out there? Any, anybody knows about bears? Are you ready for the next Which one? Which bear is best? Which bear? Question. Which bear <laughs> is best? Okay. You like that? I do. Okay. Um, limit your time on social media. I like this one. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to just say that I crush this one. Okay. Yeah, you're pretty good at this. I literally... I mean, if YouTube is social media, I do spend some time on YouTube. Yeah, you do. But... I got nothing at TikTok or Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. Like my time spent on any of those vehicles has been maybe less than five minutes a week. Yeah, that's amazing. And it's not like I'm, I just don't want it. Like, it's not like I'm trying to set parameters. Like it just, uh, and I used to be really into it. And I don't know, I'm just like losing interest on social media. And I know if I downloaded that TikTok thing, I would be in trouble. Well, the, I keep hearing about the algorithms of TikTok oh, and really? how insane they are, like to give you exactly what you want. Oh. Um, so I know I'm staying. I'm staying away from it. And when you say that, what do you mean? They're insane. It's they're really, really good. Oh, okay. At making sure that they present videos to you that you are going to enjoy and like and watch. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's a different algorithm than Facebook. Like. TikTok has an algorithm that a lot of these other social media companies are envious of. Yeah. Well, I definitely am not five minutes a week. That's for sure. I definitely look every day and I have a very um, conflictual relationship with Twitter. We'll just say that. Um, I just, I delete it and get back on and delete it and get back on. Um, and when I say get back on, I don't post that much there. I just, that's where I get my news. Um, and so I just have to find different ways to do that. Well, I'm spending a lot of, I mean, I've been playing backgammon for years. Like if, if I'm at this place where I'm uncomfortable doing nothing, I'll get on backgammon. And you know, that's what I need because sometimes honestly, I just need to not do anything, but my brain. And so I think I would love to be able to say, I'll just go get my book really yeah. quick. But even that can be challenging because I read a lot of nonfiction. Sure. So I can't just get lost. Yeah. yeah. So then sometimes it's going for a walk and listening to music, but sometimes it's just a scrolling thing. And TikTok is very, I don't feel pressure on TikTok because everyone's younger than me. So I don't feel like I'm missing something. Yeah. I think younger people feel the pressure on TikTok, but I do not because yeah. I just think things are so funny. There's some reels that I send to people or that's on Insta. They're called reels, but TikToks that are, oh my God. Like sometimes I just find just a laugh that I needed. So are you ready for the next one? Cause I'm excited to talk about the next one. Okay. Um, first we got to do this. Um, I'm going to leave off that half of that sentence and just do the first four words. Get plenty of sleep. Yeah. So, um, I've been sleeping for what, 50 years or so. I think so. And I just, I've just been fascinated about uh, my continued curiosity around sleep. Mm-hmm. You and I have been married for 20 years. Uh-huh. If you would have said a year ago, oh, how did, how, how's your sleep discipline or your sleeping habits? I'd be like, they're great. Mm-hmm. And just in the last three months, you and I have discovered that we want to crank down the heat uh, yeah, more, yeah. 
have more blankets on us. Yeah, heavy. And then we got one of those three-inch uh, foam topper things yeah. for the mattress. And my sleep has my sleep quality has skyrocketed. Yep. So I'm just interested that I just it's interesting to me like why wouldn't have we figured this out as a couple 20 years ago? Are we getting smarter? Are we becoming more uh, demanding on our sleep? So it's more important. So we, we think more about it, but, and I'm sure people listening to this have a bunch of their own tricks to make sure that they get the best sleep possible. But I know why, why? Because it would have been a money thing for you. I think if I would have said, not the cranking down the heat, that's, right, that's that, easy. That saves us that money. That saves us money. But I think if we we're like, well, we're going to get a topper, it would have been like, how much is it? Yeah. I think you would have been very concerned about, and I'm saying you, I'm not trying to blame you, that's but fine. I know your thinking. And so for me to say, because if I, I remember we've done our room, we've like gotten new comforters and you're like, the other one's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's, there's. I think now you and I are switching from decor issues into we're less concerned about decor and more concerned about how comfortable is this. Well, I think for the record, it's safe to assume that I've never really been interested in decor. In decor, yeah. Yeah, you you still got the four pillow things on there. So somebody help, and I put them on there because I know you want them on Mm -hmm. there. You make your bed and then there's four other pillows, decorative pillows. Yeah, throw pillows, yeah. I don't get it. Right. It doesn't make any sense to me. Does the quality of your day increase even like microscopically because those four pillows are on there? No, it's, I think that they match. So it just, it kind of gives a vibe to the room rather than it just being a blanket there. There's like, it it just feels cleaner and more organized. Also, all four of those pillows were from my parents. Yeah. So it's like their house a little bit. So it does elevate your experience of walking in the room when there's four pillows on there. Yeah. It just looks, it just looks more organized. It's kind of like the couch. Like before I go to bed at night, you know, we have throw pillows on the couch and I straighten them out because if not, one's on the floor, one's under the couch. Like it just looks messy. Didn't your mom have like 42 pillows on her bed in Galena back when your parent like I just remember there both being, of our moms and, had yeah, a million pillows. Yeah, my mom had a million pillows. I think decorative pillows are kind of the thing that brings you know I'll do a little brings the room together. Brings the room together. Um, you know, it's just the color and it just gives you kind of a um, yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. That's right. Um, he like they're just a. They, they just look nice. They make think they like make a really bland room have a little bit of color. It really ties the room together. Well, one of the movies and, you know, this is not a great movie, but I tend to have a few movies that I watch if I can't fall asleep. And one of them is Along Came Polly, which is like a 90s movie with Ben Stiller and uh, Jennifer Aniston. And and there there's a plot point that his bed because he's originally um, engaged to Deborah Messing and that doesn't work out. And But one of their things is their bed has like a million throw pillows on oh, really? it. So he spends every night before bed like taking each one off mm-hmm. and putting – and finally, you know, Jennifer Aniston's character is supposed to be really – what's the word, irreverent, Yeah, you know, kind of like, and she's like, why do you, what is this? Yeah. Why do you do this? This is so. What does he say? Um, I don't remember. Well, I will say one thing about my evolution, because I used to think making your bed, making the bed is dumb. Oh. And now I do appreciate getting into a made bed. Yeah. And I would feel like then our bedroom would just feel chaotic. Like, and we've definitely had days where whatever is going on, we haven't been able to make the bed. So it's not like, um, it's not like we've made it every single day of our lives, but I just kind of feel like if you go in your room and the bed's not made, it's kind of the way I feel about getting in my car and there's crap all over my car. The first thing I do when I get in the car is I like throw away things that people have shoved into the side, Yeah, you know, into where the, you know, yeah. this, I, I'm like, I can't drive So like I think this. what you're going at, where you're going here is energy, like yes. the feng shui energy, thing. Energy, yes. And I do believe that if I am, you know, think if you, it's easy to make this point from an exaggerated standpoint, if you're sitting in a room and it's an empty space, uh-huh. there's no furniture, there's mm-hmm. nothing, I'm pretty sure that I would have a very specific feeling. Yeah. Now, picture me entering a room of somebody who is challenged by hoarding yeah. and there's just like stuff everywhere. There's no way that 
the stuff around me is not going to impact my emotional state. Right. Well, here's a really weird one. Like, figure this out with me. So this weekend, we moved my mom uh, to a new place where she can get more support. And my sister and I, when we first saw this room, we it was empty, just yeah. like you said. And we were like, we want to paint it. We want to do all these things to make it nice and warm and, and, and wonderful for her. And when we actually started moving things in, we realized the room had already we didn't paint it, but it was actually an already like a light brown color, mm. which is what we wanted it to be in the first place. And my sister said, I thought it was blue. Mm. And I said, I thought it was white. So we walked into this space and both thought the yeah. room was a specific color. Different color than it actually was. And then when we started bringing like her chairs and, yeah. you know, the things, the warm colors that she has, we were like, oh my God, this room is brown. Yeah. I still don't really fully understand mm, that. Interesting. But it just kind of gives you an idea of how things like that, like color, can shape your perception. Yeah. You know? So anyway. So number seven, about eight ways to make your holiday super terrific. Yes. Is, hold on, I got to do my uh, thing. I mean, first things first, right? Uh, protect your downtime. Yeah. Sweetie, that's assuming I have downtime. And second, that's also assuming that I want to keep my downtime. Well, I this find... This is the difference between Kathy and Todd. Yeah, I, I just protect my downtime. I think sometimes, again, talking about neural pathways, I really am the belief that more is better, you know? And again, this is not just saying no to parties, but this is just like, oh, I have some time clean the bathroom or I do like more, 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 and then you'll be happier and your day will be better. And I really am practicing. And I know you're doing self-compassion right now. You're doing, you're actually doing the book. Yeah. Um, he's doing like a workbook. Um, but I really have moments where I'm like, wait a second, why do I feel like I have to be like uber- like every moment is used with something, doing something that is for other people or that is to clean. And a lot of that has been learned over time where maybe we have sat down to read a book and then we're like, oh shoot, I forgot to go to the grocery store. Mm -hmm. Or now that we're not going to have, you know, I don't know what we're having for dinner. Or we don't have what we need for breakfast. And if I would have just taken care of everything, then everything would be calmer now. Yeah. Like we have learned things over time, especially as parents, where we are being constantly uber productive because we're trying to utilize whatever free time we have sure. to make sure we get, you know, get yeah. things done in the house. Like I, I know where I learned this from, but I also feel like the ability to have, like sometimes I'm sitting in a chair and I'm like, okay, I only, I'm only going to sit here five more minutes. And like in my mind, I'm like beating myself up where it's like, what do you think life is, Kathy? Yeah. Like just... Relax. It's, our, it's my addiction to productivity and efficiency. And I know I'm going to laugh at the 50-year-old version. In 20 years, when I'm 70, yeah. and I'm going to look back on when I was 50 and mm -hmm. trying to run around in this rat race and trying to get so much done, I'm almost positive I'm going to laugh at who I am today. Mm -hmm. Um I just love getting things done. I know. And and there and so do I. Like I there it's not just a, you know, Todd's more of a like I like the word he just used efficiency. He's much more like a list creator and a list checker offer and he really has this feeling of I'm going to use every moment available to me to get all these things done. Um you know, he's, and you're going to multitask. I'm going to take a walk and do a zoom call. I'm going to, you know, fold laundry while I talk do to this. my dad. Yeah. yeah. You, you're always like combining things. And that's, that's a learned thing. I think you learned that from atomic habits. Yeah, James clear. Yeah. So these are not, that's the thing is we don't want to like Demonize make it. something bad. Yeah. It's just, I think where it becomes out of balance is where when I'm sitting in a chair and I'm like, Kathy, you only get five more minutes. Mm -hmm. Like that's a problem because it's like, would I say that to my friend? Like when my daughters sit down and relax, I'm like, good for you. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and if we're really going to practice what self-compassion is, which is be your own friend, yeah. you know, would you say that? Would I walk by you and go get out of that chair? You right. got five minutes. Right. But I say it to myself. Yeah. And so it's less about, it's just more about being like, especially in super terrific December, everybody, <laughs> if you need to relax, like it's, you don't need to explain to everybody why you're relaxing. Yeah, you almost have to 
I sometimes feel like I need to defend the fact that I'm sitting in a chair looking at the wall. I know. And, you know, it's it's hard, I think, for both of us because I think I, not, not normally, I think there's like a 10%, 15% of me that it drives me crazy when you are on your computer at nine or 10 at night yeah. and you're like, I got to go through these emails. I got to do it. Cause you really don't have to, you just are multitasking. Choosing to. You're thinking that this is the best use of my time. Yeah. And part of me is like, I wish if you could relax better, I could relax better. Right. So I look to you to be like, will you help me? Mm-hmm. Because I I can do it better than... When I say I can do it better than you, I don't mean it's a competition, but I think I'm much more chill at putting down my computer. Well, sweetie, just take a big sip of what I was doing on Saturday, which is sitting my butt on the couch, and I literally did nothing. Which is is fine. Now it was alcohol induced. I was going to say it's because we had a holiday party on yeah. Friday and you were tired and yeah. you had had a lot of Red Bull and your body felt funky. So that's a different thing. Yeah, that's no. that's like I don't feel good. Yeah. Um and I know I'm just trying to win this discussion. Right. Well, and that's kind of what I mean is I really do want to be fair with you that there are times when and I've said this to you before that I'm struggling with it. So when you're being uber productive, I struggle more with it. I well, wish we had a similar... Yeah, a similar cadence, but that yeah. might, might also be pretty boring if we're kind of the same. Mm-hmm. The one thing I will say about this, give me a second. Um, oh, if I am finishing the day, you know, what usually happens if I'm not doing a men living event that night is you and I will watch something together. Yeah. And then sometimes after we're done watching, I'll spend an hour on the computer because it sets up my next day really, really well. So I'm cl- I'm tying up some loose ends so I can start the day fresh and I'll sleep better because I know I've gotten those things done. So it's so what I'm doing right now is kind of defending why it's important for me sometimes to do that. I understand, but that's also a pattern you've created. Sure, like you have created a mentality of I'm going to do email at night so it sets up my day better. Yeah. What if? I'm going to get some rest and in the morning I'll tackle these email. Like you've If I had the discipline to get my butt to sleep at 9:15, I would be in I would be all over. But you and I never fall asleep before 10:30. True. Rarely ever. I what I what I think I want to do is that I want to do two things at once that are both true. Number one, you don't have to change anything if that makes you feel better. This is not me saying do things my way. But I also think that is a very common excuse of productive people is I'm just setting up my next day. Well, we could do that. It never ends, Todd. Like there's never an end because I, you know, I also wake up and think, okay, now it's time to get to work and answer all these emails. And me answering five emails the night before doesn't necessarily change any outcomes for the next day. Now you have different expectations in your sure. work than I do. Um, but it's just kind of one of those things where you can, you are right. Um, but then I also, it's one of those things where it's not, and then a period and you're absolutely right. It's like, there's a lot of different ways to view these of course things. There is. Yeah. So, um, so I think that's good. All right. Okay. Last one, last but not least. Okay. I think number eight is not just for super terrific December, but also just for all of life. Um, you know, it's a little bit like city slickers, curlies thing, you know, know your one thing. What's the one thing? Like, um, sweetie, you're my one thing. Oh, thanks, honey. Yes. Yes. You, and you are my one thing. And then the girls are my one thing. Like the, my family, it's like, what, what is it about the holidays? And, like, is it that we want to demonstrate to everybody that we're going to all the things? Is it that we want to show our friends how social we are? Is it that we want to make sure that we shop a ton so we give the best gifts? Now, we get into love languages a little bit here. Or is it that you want to create some loving memories with your family that don't always look like everybody else's necessarily? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you know... It, I, I just think that, again, this is not just for December, but it's December is a good time to remember, let's say that, what's most important. Sweetie, you're a poet. December's a good time to, to remember. remember. Maybe that's what we should call this podcast. No way, man. Super terrific. <laughs> so, you know, I think that when we think about the holidays, what do you, like sometimes when we're, you know dealing with the elves and we're trying to bake the things and create the meals and plan everything. We get lost in the 
functionality of it and the... Forget what it's all about. And we forget, like, what are we doing? And I know that there is, we can all get lost, but if we can have clarity, we can even, you know, for those of you who are a little more right brainers, you know, make a little like board, like if you can do it on Pinterest for yourself or just make like a little vision board of what I want the holidays to feel like and then put those words and quotes up there and so you adhere to your what you want rather than what everybody's telling you set your intention and follow through with Mm -hmm. it yeah yeah um okay a few things is kathy sonny adams has a book called zen parenting caring for ourselves and our children in an unpredictable world that'd be a good gift be a good christmas gift to anybody and every um, holiday gift to anybody and everybody um, if there's any guys out there that want to uh, step into the men living space, I'm the executive director. We got a bunch of wonderful programs, men living connect. It's an opportunity to connect one-on-one with guys or in group settings. It's really great. Uh, Jeremy craft. He's a bald headed beauty painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area. 630-956-1800. Anything you want to promote there, baby? Uh, no, I mean, I Zen parenting moment. You can subscribe to that. Uh, if you scroll below, I send out a, Email every Friday, except I will say that I really did um, adhere to these super terrific December things. Last week, there were just too many things going on, and I did not write a Zen parenting moment. So I practice what I preach. (laughs) Writing is like a, a beautiful time for myself, and I really enjoy it. But if a week is not typical, meaning that there's a lot of different things going on, which last week there was... It's it's a it's a more challenging fit. Most yeah. of the time I make, I'd say 89% of the time I have one, but you know, it's one of those things. Um, but I will I'm sure have one this week. So subscribe yeah. to Zen Parenting Moment. Um, and then don't forget if you join Team Zen in the month of December, I'm gonna throw you a it's like a baseball jersey t shirt, really solid. What does it say? Uh, I think it says I listen. We went back to the first one. I listen and then in the back it says Zen, Zen Parenting, Parenting Radio. Radio. So, um, yeah, join Team Zen and try us out for a month. We got the Team Zen app coming out on January 10th and a bunch of other awesome stuff. So anything else, sweetie? I think that's good. All right. Let me just close with this wonderful guitar riff. It's super terrific. It is super terrific. Uh, Happy holidays. Rudolph next week. Yeah. Keep trucking. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you have appreciated or enjoyed a decade of Zen Parenting Radio podcasts, please tell a friend or leave a five-star review. We are always grateful for your support. If you want more Zen Parenting, consider joining Team Zen, pre-ordering Kathy's Zen Parenting book, or subscribing to Zen Parenting Moment. You can find these opportunities and more at zenparentingradio.com. If you want to connect through social networking, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Keep trucking, and we will talk to you again next week.